This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. In today's episode of the podcast, me and Emer are unpacking and uncovering why we are all so lonely. I read the book The Lonely Century by Norena Hertz. I really recommend it if you are interested in finding out more. It talks about how loneliness has been a defining characteristic for the 21st century and why politicians have championed this self-interest over the collective good. We all know that community is the thing that makes humans thrive and how we can all benefit mentally, socially, physically and overall together from forming community but we're all forced so far apart from each other number one I think it's because we're all working so much we don't actually have time to nourish those relationships in our life and there's also mass migration to cities and dependence on the technology and making us think that we are connected when realistically we're not it's also caused a huge disconnect between what connection and intimacy means by being you know in quotation marks, connected via the internet, it doesn't really translate into that intimate feeling or that genuine connection that we feel when we experience face-to-face socialization or interaction with each other. And it has undermined our ability to connect with those around us. So loneliness is damaging our health, wealth and happiness. And in the book, it says that one in five millennials have claimed to have no friends at all. And they feel unsupported by employers, community and the government. So this is mainly fueled by neoliberal capitalism and the idea that the more money we make and the more we focus on ourselves that the happier we're going to be and this is exactly the position that they want to put you in because it makes you overall worse and it makes you less aware of what's going on around you in terms of um, capitalism and how the government can get away with not providing infrastructure to make us better and to make our health and our mental health better overall. This neoliberalism has created an immense increase in wealth gaps, which also creates tension and resentment in between people and different types of people and from different contexts. And instead of focusing on who's at fault here, which is the government, we're kind of banned against each other in this war. And this is also exacerbated online through like trolling, cyberbullying, you know, the whole like making fake accounts to send each other abuse to take your anger out on someone. Hyper competitiveness between each other rather than wanting to lift each other up and having collective values. We are choosing more of a pursuit of self-interest over wanting to lift each other up. So kind of every man for itself attitude and we'd be less inclined to help each other. So this is causing people to feel more and more isolated. But what loneliness does, it produces the same fight or flight hormone, cortisol, in your body. So the result of feeling lonely can actually be the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day on your health. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, As always, this is purely for entertainment. It's a candid conversation between two friends. So I hope you enjoy it because that's the purpose of it. Also, we are doing a show in Cork, in the Cork Opera House on the 26th of August, the day after my baby's first birthday. So if you want to have a little party for my baby, be there uh, or be square. At Cork, the tickets are in the link of my bio on my Instagram and I'll try link them on this podcast as well. I hope you enjoy the episode and sending you all lots of love. Now and talk about your traveling. Sorry, so I'm just gonna, um, so I learned on this trip another brilliant trip. Oh my God, 
hashtag realizing things in London. Realizing things in London. <laughs> so we're not leaving them in Dubai. We're leaving them in London. No, we're leaving them in Gatwick Airport. <laughs> so, um, like I, I used to like get into so many fights with like. Um, my exes or like my mom and stuff like that and they'd be like you're so codependent mm. um, and I'd always like be like no I'm not but like I actually am and like <laughs> hashtag, hashtag realising things sorry we're like <laughs> gobbling down on some um, ice pops at the moment but I actually am and it's like the first time that I'm like gonna say it out loud with no shame because mm. I am really codependent you'd fucking know we live together Um, Emer, hello <laughs> I could tell you that for free. <laughs> I don't even have to ask. But I, you know, said to myself, because basically I stayed on and Keelan, um, Ryan and Songs 44 Dads, they were leaving on the Sunday after the podcast show. And all I can describe to you, the feeling of it was, you know, when you're on a sleepover and you're a baby, we're not a baby, but like you're a kid and you're staying in someone's house at the weekend. You know, you're a kid, you're 24, (laughs) last year. (laughs) Um, And I was watching them get into a taxi and honest to God, it felt like when I was back in um, either, uh, it's like either when I had a sleepover when I was younger, I was that kid that could never have the sleepover. Sorry, I can't stop picking my nose. <laughs> We're literally recording this, but anyway, I'm just fixing my nose ring. Um, but in my junior infants class, um, is that the youngest junior mm, infants? Yeah. 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 So there was a window looking out onto where the parents would like pick up from school. Oh, yeah. So, and it was on a slant, right? So the further my mom got away, so when she was walking past the window, the more present she was. So I'd see the top of her head at the start. And then by the end of it, by her leaving, I could see her full body. And I'd be banging on the window being like, Mommy, no! And like I'd I'd be the one sitting on the teacher's lap, or they'd be like holding me, being like, "It's okay, it's okay," crying my eyes out, like doing anything I could to go home. So when Aww. I watched you guys go into that taxi, that is the feeling that I felt. So I'm standing there watching my family get into a taxi, and I'm like, "Okay, now I know loads of people in London. Mm-hmm. Know loads of people in London, but like, London- I, I have friends. Uh, no, I have." I ha- in London. No, I, I have friends. I have friends in <laughs> London. But I also was like, okay, here I go on my own. So I was staying in a hotel and um, the first thing that happens the minute you guys drive away, my suitcase breaks. It's just like one thing after the other. I was like, oh, perfect. So as a joke, Ryan was like to me, now when you get into the hotel, make sure you don't leave unless you're with someone. Supervision. And I was like, okay. Then I, he FaceTimes me later on and was like, I was actually messing. Like, you d- you haven't left in six hours. And I was like, no, I haven't left in six hours. I went down to get my Uber Eats. And did I tell you about this? I went downstairs to collect my Uber Eats from the hotel. And the Uber Eats driver goes, are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> he literally was like... He was picking up on the energy. No, like, chaotic. <laughs> like, obviously, hair all over the place. And then, like, I got back into the lift and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, he probably thinks I'm in distress. Like, I'm I'm held captive. Like, he was like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah. Like, wanting to scream, no. But, mommy. Mommy. And then by the last day, which I was only there for five days altogether. Was it five? Saturday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five days Saturday. altogether. Yesterday, I'm texting Keelan. I'm bawling, crying. I'm so homesick. I just want to go home. 
bawling my way in the taxi. Now, my suitcase didn't break completely until I'm in the taxi, getting into the taxi. There's something weird about the taxi drivers in um, London as well. They don't help you. Like, they're really nice, but like... I'm like like trying to like shovel my big huge bag into the back of the boot and he wouldn't help me or anything. I think it, I think it definitely depends on who you get. Yeah. You probably just had a bad luck. I usually get like when I was in London with the baby and everything every Uber driver I got was a fucking legend. Like literally 100% ledge bag would come out help collapse a buggy and all and they were like where are you going tonight? You know just real like nice energy. My guy actually said sorry my guy actually said do you need help? And I was like, well, what does it look like? I'm crying. I'm I'm actually crying. Trying to put my suitcase. I was like crying, trying to put my suitcase into the boot of the car. And just remember, I'm really, really fucking hungover. So like that's like to top everything off. I'm really, really hungover. Yeah. So I'm in the back of the taxi, bawling, crying, trying not to get sick. I get to the so Keelan sent me. Um, exactly where detailed instructions de- on how to get to the airport detailed instructions of exactly where I needed to go because at one point I was like will I just get a taxi which was like what 110 pounds mm. I've done that before from the anxiety because you're like I don't think I can do this myself mm-hmm. you don't think you're competent enough no so the first thing I needed to do was probably get something to eat my mammy says bananas are really good for you when you're hungover so I get a banana and I'm bawling my eyes out eating the banana with so I like <laughs> forgot that I left the handle of my suitcase in the taxi and he was like hang on hang on your handle and I was like oh yeah my handle my, my useless handle so I'm standing in the middle of like this like train station bawling my eyes out eating a banana which like halfway down the banana it just gets browner and browner and browner and I hate that kind of stuff oh the mushy brown the mushy brown and I was just like oh my god this couldn't be any worse and then I get onto the train I'm still crying and my suitcase is falling all over everyone but it's like like a health hazard because there's a stick coming out of it with (laughs) nothing to protect it you can't put it back down I can't put it down (laughs) (laughs) so So just like erect erect antenna coming from your just an erect antenna coming from my suitcase i'm sitting there and what do you do when you're sad sad music obviously oh hello lewis capaldi on repeat obviously so i'm sitting there bawling it's did i tell you what my mom said about lewis capaldi <laughs> sorry to interrupt you no. i was like caitlin have you watched lewis capaldi documentary i was like why on earth would i watch that He's fucking brilliant. You know the songs? They're not about his ex. They're about his granny who died. I'm just like, oh my God, inside scoop, mama. And then she goes, and he talks about the anxiety. And my mom's like not the type of person to like destigmatize mental illness. If anything, she's the opposite. She's like, let's stigmatize this a bit more. Like, stop telling me about your problems. Does your mom have a crush on Lewis Capaldi? <laughs> yeah, I was like, mom, do you fancy Lewis? She couldn't stop. And then everyone came into the house, Ellie, Searsha. Did you watch the Lewis Capaldi documentary? It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> my mom, my mom said when, uh, when she was actually dropping me to the airport, mm. sorry, to the air coach. Um, oh, I'd be so lucky to get a lift to the airport. But she dropped me to the air coach and she was like, apparently that documentary is brilliant. <laughs> like, because he, he, of course, he was the only person playing at 4 a.m. in the morning. Like, <laughs> but I'm sitting there on the train. But anyway, moral of the story. Um, I actually have such I got a really nice text from um, this girl Olivia that I know and she just texted me like 20 minutes ago saying oh. she moved to Berlin and that she was uh, listening to the podcast and she felt like at home and yeah. I just have an absolute utmost respect for anyone who moves country on their own oh like, my god I don't understand you it you have to have balls 
You need to, you did it well for half of it. When I left, you were there on your own. I was there during lockdown. I literally did not leave my room. Mm. <laughs> I I was paying rent in a different country, so I could literally just stay in my bedroom and make silly little videos and not talk to anyone. But like that's what I was doing. I just don't understand when whenever I ask someone. Like, and they're like, oh, I just went on my own. I'm like, oh, but you must have known someone over there. And they're like, no. I'm like, now, I know people can say, get a fucking grip, Emer. I do need to get a grip. I actually if need... If anyone needs to get a grip, it's me. It's me. <laughs> like, I really do need to get a grip. But I'm openly saying that it's okay to be codependent and be open about it. Do you know what? If someone's giving Let's you a... Let's normalise being codependent. Be, like, normalise it. Because, like, it's not a thing where, like, I was, like, severely babied as a child or anything. I was the opposite. No. Now, child psychology research has said the more love, affection, and attention you give your child when they're a baby, when they're a child, the more independence they come. So, like, dependency breeds independency as they grow older. So it's not the other way around. It's not like if you leave a baby to go figure it out that they're going to be real independent when they're adults. That's not how it works. So. <laughs> oh, I have a mouth full of ice pop. But um, it was just like, hang on a second. Keep talking. Eat, eat that ice pop. Keep talking. Um, what was I going to say? Is the baby okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's gone. Okay. Okay, woo. Um... No, with the codependency thing, I, I've realised now since I've had a child and I actually have a dependent, I know how independent and capable I am because I've been so scared. I think since lockdown, I don't know, I'm, <laughs> I'm so stuck in lockdown, especially because it too, took two years out of basically our early 20s. I feel robbed of that time where I should have been experiencing life. And now I'm like, I have a baby, you know, I'm at such a different phase of life to everyone else. But now that I have a child, I'm like, Jesus, I w- actually am way more capable than I think. Mm. And you are like things aren't actually that scary, especially when you have to look after someone. Oh my god, it's just like I can, can protect you from all of this stuff. Like imagine that child downstairs trying to use Google Maps, trying to like find a way around places. Oh my, she ha- she wouldn't have a hope. That's why, like, that's when I texted you. I was like, my mommy wasn't answering, so I texted you, and I was like, I'm bawling. I don't know how to get to the to the train station because there's about twenty different fucking um, airports in London as well. Like, what's the crack with that? But like, it's just ridiculous. Like, could there not just be one, just one? But um, it's. I'm not saying like obviously, you know. Oh, be it, be codependent. You know, it's good to be codependent. But I'm saying that like I was always in denial that I was codependent. Codependent. Mm, yeah. I was in denial about it, and I was like, no, I'm not. Like I get so offended if someone was like, oh my god, Emer, like Jesus Christ. But like I don't like when someone takes the piss out of it, being like, oh, like you're not gonna be able to get your way around. But like I'm openly saying now that I've realized how codependent I am with not just like a spouse with anyone. Mm. Like my mom was only like. If you had Keelan there beside you or Kim or Shuin, she was like, you wouldn't have been so upset yesterday. And I was like, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I knew so many people in London and I, I, you know, had seen a lot of people and I was surrounded by friends most of the time. But the times that I was on my own, I felt so lonely in this massive fucking city. Mm. I was so lonely and I was so anxious. I walked around Shoreditch for an hour because I was too embarrassed to go into a place to have my have my lunch. I was too embarrassed. So then I finally went to the place that I had dinner the night before. The first thing the lady says to me is, 
Can I ask you, why are you on your own? I'm just, oh, no. I'm, I'm just being nosy. <laughs> That's my worst fear. And I literally looked at her and I was like, so it's not in my head. People are staring at me that I'm on my own. Oh my God. She literally goes, can I ask you, why are you on your own? I'm, you just, being, I'm just being imagine. nosy. I can't imagine anyone in London asking that. No, it was like, I was in a place called pizza something and i was like oh, i don't even want pizza i was like i just need to sit somewhere that like that like i know and that yeah, i'm yeah. comfortable with and so i got a burger there but yeah and then i was just like oh my god like in my head i was like i'm not imagining it people are staring at me because i'm on my own like it, it was so like people are thinking it but when she said that i was like this you actually couldn't write it <laughs> that i was so anxious to go into somewhere to eat on my own and then someone asks me why I'm on my own. I was like, <laughs> perfect. But it is a, it is, it is a really scary thing being in a different country on your, on your own. But I was only saying to my mom in the car here. I was like, I actually think I would have been more comfortable in Spain than in London because. London is so close to home yeah. that it's like, why can't I just get a bus home then? Yeah, it's really frustrating. Like, why isn't there a train? But, you know, like, apparently like a lot of people in the UK think that there is a train directly to Ireland. Like, someone get on it. <laughs> they don't know that there's a sea in between. Like, I was I was looking up trying to book an earlier flight yesterday. And, like, it was like 20 minutes. No, like, literally by 20 minutes. I was like, I need to get home now. But, yeah, I just realised how, how codependent I am and how... Um, how proud of uh, proud of myself I am though because like I still stuck it out yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> like you know the way all these fucking people who are living in London they're like sure it's only 45 minutes away and I was like yeah exactly it's only 45 minutes away so I could have booked a flight if I wanted to yeah. but I stuck it out yeah. do you know what I mean Yeah. I think that um, those situations I just like was sitting in my room and I just went wow everything I've ever thought about me being independent whew, out the window I'm absolutely like wait maybe I'm not an adult anymore yeah but it's the lonely feeling that's um very very overwhelming it's the lonely feeling because you know again any city that you're in if you're feeling lonely like it's it's like you can't escape it and if you're on your own actually Mm. it's like um it's it's awful like, it's really, really bad. It's probably just unknown of you being there, though. Every Anytime I go to a new place, I need to have an itinerary of what I'm doing, where I'm going. Because when you're walking around aimlessly, if you're un- unfamiliar in a place, it's like <laughs> walking around in the unfamiliarity of your mind. Write that down. Where's my notes? Where's my notes? <laughs> it's wh- when you're on your own, you your mind reaches places. If you're not distracted, especially in London, if you were like, I don't know what to do with myself so I'm just gonna walk around you'd be you wouldn't be distracted enough to not go to those places in your head so all of a sudden you're just like wait a minute maybe I am codependent and that's when you start to hashtag realize things and why a lot of people are scared to be alone with their own thoughts is because your mind wanders to that unfamiliarity well mine are telling me to push people in front of a bus so like obviously you don't want to be on your own with my fucking sorry with OCD I wouldn't I couldn't imagine no but this is the thing it's like being having OCD and being on your own is like genuinely the scariest thing ever because it's like anything can be a trigger but like when I'm surrounded by people and when I'm with people or just in someone's company it can help with my OCD so much so I think a lot of the time this whole like what I've just started uh, like this rumor that I've started about myself that I'm Mm -hmm. so codependent it's purely because being with people is like a soother for my brain it like helps me not fixate and ruminate yes 
fixate and ruminate oh on, my god like fucking <laughs> thesaurus slaves exactly. but yeah it's it it's it's actually is really really scary um having ocd and being on your own with your own thoughts because like especially i think having your phone and being on the internet and stuff like you see one thing and it will just automatically create um a new problem for you you see like mm. a video online and it's like oh if you um do this you have autism you know oh, those videos yeah, yeah, yeah. and then i'm fixated on that and i'm like oh i have that and then like it will start this whole spiraling of like obsessing over me having that so like mm. i mean and again someone will say well get off your phone pick up a book and i'm like well i can't read so <laughs> you're like ever heard of dyslexia i can't do it <laughs> that's a bit stressful as well yeah. but yeah that's like this whole rumor that I've just started that like, oh, this co codependency thing. Yeah, I am. But it's mainly because being surrounded by people helps me mentally so much. Yeah, I never even thought of that, Emer. Oh, my God. So you need to co be constantly entertained and uh, stimulated basically by human interaction. Dra distracted. Distracted basically. so that your like thoughts are getting invalidated or you're getting reassurance all the time yeah absolutely and i think with ocd as well like the whole reassurance thing can get very tiring for a lot of people you know it can be you know being in my presence um it can be you know kind of stressful because if i'm asking for reassurance about stupid things it's like oh my god come on but i find the people that i surround myself with like we said this at the live show if you guys can make a joke about it mm. and laugh with me then it's like the most refreshing thing in my brain. If I'm if I'm asking you a question like um like say for uh, something silly and you go no Emer like and you start laughing or like no that's so funny or like oh imagine you make a joke about it so you make me feel better but um obviously when I'm on my own there's no one around for me to like joke with yeah <laughs> so or if you're with new people you're like ha, I feel like I'm gonna kill that person over there what do you think about that. You know, do you ever get that? Do you ever get when you want to, like, murder someone? You know what I mean? Or you want to push someone down and fly the stairs, huh? Do you know? It's relatable, is it? <laughs> Just making conversation here. Oh, who? Me? I've never pushed someone on a bus. Who said that? Who said that? Am I on live? The, the main thing that I say every day is, like, like, my mom was, like, talking about someone in the car today and I was, like, checked my phone and I was basically like, am I alive? <laughs> like, I'm so paranoid. Like, so, so paranoid. But being in um a country... So, Keelan, you've been on... You've been in London on your own and you've obviously felt all of those feelings. But how yeah. did you stay for so long? Because I'm the type of person to get up and fucking go. I'm like, see you later, bye. Like, I left London, I left you there. I was yeah. like, see you later, bye, not coming back. <laughs> I, I guess I just wanted to persevere and I was hoping that things would get better. And that's why everyone gets stuck in bad situations is because like if you push through something, it's it, you it's bound to get better or something will come of it. And I know that when you go to a new place, you're supposed to try figure out, you will make friends eventually. Everything's not going to happen in an instant. You need to build on those relationships. You need to find your like favorite places and see if you like a cer certain aspects. And if you don't like, it's hard to make up your mind on whether you like something or not. Um, And that's like the, the hardest decision. I'll get my the, for the questions oh you got your yeah yeah it's it's hard for me to try figure out uh, uh, as well with my ADHD one of the biggest thing one of the biggest difficulties I have in life is making decisions so I don't know actually if I like something if I don't like something so I have to try stick it out or and, and I also have this insecurity that I jump from things too quickly or I'm impulsive and I'm always giving things up and I feel like a failure so I suppose I was scared of failing um that I'd be running home too early 
So I think I gave it the perfect amount of time where I was able to figure out that, no, I don't like this, but I've had a good time here. And I don't feel like I wasted that time in London. I feel like it was a really good transformative um, place that I went to when I was spending alone time. And I felt like being in my own company was really good for my development as a person. Mm, I think the fact that you got through that, like... Like there were times where you were so lonely and yeah. you were you were really down. Yeah. You bleached your hair, obviously. <laughs> the number one trigger warning uh, of someone. The going. number one sign of your friend <laughs> going through something. Um yeah, no, I just think I had a good a, a general good experience, but oh boy, do I know loneliness. Mm. Oh boy. Like there was nothing like it. Lockdown. Like I don't even think restaurants and cafes were open it was only delivery and I would walk my closest friend's house was a 25 minute walk like there were odd things where we'd come meet up together and like drink but my social because my I wasn't um, exercising that social muscle and I'm not that good anyway at like making conversation because I'm constantly thinking about am I making them feel uncomfortable am I talking about myself too much am I asking them enough questions is my eye contact okay? I hope I don't smell bad. Is my posture good? There's constantly shit going on in my head. And then I'm like, what should I have for dinner last night? What should I have for dinner tonight? Was there something else I'm forgetting? Did I leave something at home? Is the oven on at home? You know, constantly when I'm talking, when I'm trying to have a conversation with someone. So it is fucking exhausting. It's not that just that one conversation that I'm having face to face. It's like, that's why my social battery runs out so fast because I'm having a million conversations in my head at the same time. So then I'm like, fuck. And then the longer you spend on your own, the harder it is to get out of those um thoughts the thoughts running in your head and it's the harder it is to exercise that social social muscle um you have to like constantly be talking to people and having conversations to get better at doing it and i'm just not good at, i'm not good mm-hmm. at it like i don't have the natural instinct of doing it because when i grew up like in school, in primary school, in secondary school, I had friends. Yeah, 100%. I had best friends and I'd be making these good uh, connections and like building on relationships. But I always felt like there was something wrong with me. I don't know if you got the same, but I felt <coughs> like I was dirty or that I um I was an outsider and I'm, I can't fit into this group for certain reasons and I can't fit into this other group for a certain, uh, another fucking reason. Um. And I never felt like I really fit in anywhere and it was really exhausting and I always felt like I had to try pretend to be someone. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like really unrelatable or something. I completely know what you mean. Do you know exactly no, what I, I'm talking no, about? But now I'm, I'm going to sound like, oh, poor me. i am giving out about it. No, I'm not giving out. I'm just saying, I, I just felt like, the, uh, like there was something wrong, literally like there was something wrong with me. It's like, why am not I like the rest yeah. of them? Growing up with dyslexia, I always felt like I didn't fit in. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I always felt like there was something wrong with me. And like, especially in like primary school when it, it's actually so embarrassing if you think about it now. Like I had, um, they had like um, a teacher come in to help with the kids who were struggling with the maths. Mm. And instead of taking them out of the class, they had them sit beside them. I don't understand that. So I was like being a little bitch, being like, I don't need help. I don't need help. But like mm. severely struggling. But it's like, that's like, what? Do you want me to put a hat on being like, like I'm struggling or I'm dyslexic? Like yeah. it's embarrassing for the kids. So like I spent my whole time like in even in uh, secondary school when I was failing maths and failing all the oh, I was failing everything but like maths especially like I couldn't actually comprehend like anything like mm-hmm. I couldn't do anything my mom would buy me like tapes and buy me like things to stick on my wall for like visual and like because I'm good with like music like my mom couldn't understand why I could learn a song in a day but I couldn't 
learn my times tables mm. so she was like oh maybe I'll get her something to do with singing but it just like numbers and then obviously later down the line found out that I had dyscalculia as well um, because people didn't doesn't don't even know dyscalculia exists um, you wouldn't hear about it as much as dyslexia but like I spent my whole time in secondary school going through it being like I don't care when I was absolutely dying inside. So I took on the role of like wanting to be the class clown. So instead of doing my maths tests, which I knew I was going to fail and knew that I didn't understand anything, I'd be writing like like pictures and stupid little things on it just to like disguise it. So like I've kind of gone through, I guess, my whole life pretending that I was something that I wasn't because mm. I was. And I feel like with OCD as well, like I only think in kind of my late 20s, I've come to realize that like, yeah, there is something there and I'm not hiding it anymore mm. because I feel like a lot of people who would know me from years ago and they'd see me here and hear me talk about OCD, they'd probably be like, I don't remember her having that. Yeah. But it's because I was so good at masking it. Mm. So, so good at masking it. And obviously when you hit like your you know, your 20s and your middle 20s, things change. You need to make decisions, as you said. And it's so hard then, you know, to come into realisation that you're not a kid anymore. And I couldn't mask how I was feeling anymore. So I think now me speaking about it openly is like... It's it's life changing because I'm not using it as an excuse anymore because at the time I didn't know that I had it mm. technically like um so I just thought again like you I was different yeah. I was just like oh well, why am I so different but now that I understand it and I understand that I have OCD and yes my brain works differently but I think it works like beautifully because I think a lot of the traits that come from OCD it's all about caring and I care so much about my friends my family and like all my all like OCD latches on to things that you value in life the most and I value my friends and my family and my job so much that of course those intrusive thoughts are going to latch on to you know your partner like in your relationship and like like say um like the stupidest intrusive thoughts will latch on to things with your relationship because you value it so much and it's it's hard, but it's so nice to be able to talk about it out, li- out loud and not feel as lonely as I did when I was a kid because... You were just dealing with it in silence. And, dealing, thinking, and you think that you're like an alien. Like yeah. there's something seriously wrong with you and why isn't anyone else having these thoughts? Mm. And like even like my mammy would remember me coming downstairs and being like... Oh, uh, I said this thing today and I I just want to make sure that like it's okay that I said it or or I saw something today like it's like the Zac Efron um picture of the priest. Sorry, the Zac Efron picture with the priest. The picture of that I saw and remember I saw I said it to the priest. I saw like a, I saw I I saw like an edited photo of Zac Efron naked online and I was so anxious about it and I told my mom about it and she was like it's okay like don't worry about it like it's fine so I had to tell the priest in my school because we did we were made to do like these weird confession things yeah Yeah, and I had to tell him because I was like I was still so like oh my god but I would like fixate on such like mad random things when I was younger and now it all makes sense now now I understand why I used to do that Mm. and I can make sense of it but being a kid and not knowing what was wrong with you it was like what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> why am I so... And then, like, there'd be, like, girls being like, eh, like, look at my boob, and they wouldn't care. You, yeah, know the, yeah. you know what I mean? Girls would be, like, seeing things on their phone, and, like, they wouldn't care. And I'd yeah, be like, yeah. oh, my God, I have to tell my mommy. You know what I mean? 
but that's it there's a very uh it's a very important thing that i've learned um that ocd latches on to things that you value the most in life so obviously your friends your relationship your family those people unfortunately are going to be hit with it the most because mm. you know you're around me the most and you're you're surrounded but it's so important to be able to talk about it and like feeling lonely and having ocd is again i saw one of the questions really really hard so i'm going to take take back what i said about this whole codependency thing because it, it is hard mm. it is hard to be on your own um will i read out just a few of this uh i saw one of them that said <laughs> <laughs> we're not bashing London or anything I am though uh, live in London clown emoji clown emoji a few friends here uh, and don't have a best friend and girlfriend right now Aww. well but you can still feel alone if you're in a relationship yeah no definitely you can definitely can yeah that's a that's a massive thing mm. just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean that you're not lonely yeah might not be like physically lonely because you might be like living with them or but you can feel lonely like, of course you can. Yeah. Jesus, that's that's a massive thing for people to realise that, like, because I would never look at someone in, in a relationship and say, oh, well, they mustn't be lonely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm. Um, Don't just finish college. Don't hear from anyone anymore. Oh, that's not nice. No, but, like, fuck them. Then they, they must not be your people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You're forced to be around these people. Yeah. You know? It's like school. I don't hear from anyone in school. I had to. No, I. I feel like I was never good at making a girl a girl gang, and it's something I've always wanted. But it's like, it's impossible to get with, get along with a group of people all the same. To like, it, it's not how people humans work. You're going to dislike some sort of traits of one person because you can't all be that similar in the same proximity of each other. That's why go, they can get a bit toxic because they'll start excluding one person, and it's the mentality of how. Um, like our survival instincts work, the whole group turns against one person and start to exclude start to exclude one person out of protection for the for themselves. It's probably some sort of primal instinct, but um, it's something I always wanted of like a group of girls, and to love each the, the way it's portrayed in films mm. or like the way so uh, so like um influencers probably show. You know, all those influencers who like hang out together and they all seemingly love each other. But that can't be real. Like that can't, because you can't all like a whole big group of people the same. No, it, not at all. Yeah. Jesus. But I wish I was able to keep connections with, it's just something I've been really, really bad at because I isolate myself a lot. Yeah, but I think certain people, you know, like you, I feel like you don't reach out to like people in a sense that like you can be struggling and you don't reach out. So those people would never know. But it's like, unfortunately, like you do go into like a hibernation mode when you mm. are struggling. Yeah. So it's so hard for anyone to know. Like, thankfully, I know straight away by literally just the tone of your text. <laughs> but n not everyone is that lucky yeah, to yeah. know. Yeah. So and again, like social media, like if I was a random person or like a distant friend of yours and I go on your Instagram, I'd be like, oh, she's living her best life yeah, because yeah. social media is that way. It's going to show yeah. you the best parts of people's life. That's why recently, like even uh, the post that I put up on Instagram today, I was saying feel I was feeling homesick because all of the pictures that I posted 
posted are me having a great time. Yeah. When no, in reality, like I'm bawling. bawling, crying, gagging from anxiety and wanting to go home, ringing my mommy on FaceTime. And it's just like, you know, it's hard to obviously go on. Like, you don't need to go on Instagram and say, hey, I'm feeling anxious today. Anyone want to talk? <laughs> no, not at all. But um, obviously, it's not your fault when people are distant from you. And it's not my fault either if mm. people are distant from me. But I think social media has a lot to do with it because people can feel like they're they're with you yeah. when they're not. Yeah. They're just watching you. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like we're the most connect. Now, get ready to write this down. Oh. We're the most connected we've ever been, but so disconnected. Dot, dot, dot. I feel like Harry Bradshaw from Sex and the, the City. The most, wait, the most connected. <laughs> we're, we're the most connected. We've ever been. We've ever been, but we're also. But we're also. Disconnected. Disconnected. <laughs> Can I just like be really honest for one second? I've actually yeah. gone, went into like a complete spiral of thoughts just there. What? Because I just said, um, remember when I was like listing all the things that I valued in life? Yeah. And I didn't say my relationship in the first one. And then I was like, I said it in the second one. And I was like, oh my God. That's such a horrible thing for me no, to do. No, no one's caught on to that. No and now I'm, got, now I'm overthinking it. Now I'm feeling chronic guilt <laughs> for not saying that. When obviously, like, uh, like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's so weird that I'm literally being honest about how I'm feeling. Have you yeah. noticed me staring into the mirror, <laughs> completely disassociating myself? Because it's so weird how my brain works. Oh my god. Anyway, well, we all know that I <laughs> value my relationship so much. Like yeah. getting married. Are you joking? Are you obviously, obviously, Hello. love. Twenty twenty four wedding. Woo. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, no. So I will say on the note that I'm living my best life. For some reason, I'm feeling really anxious talking about myself because I'm like. Oh, why am I talking about myself so much? And it's literally our podcast. Like that's what it's for. I always think that <laughs> my I'm like, voice I'm is talk- annoying. I'm talking about myself too much. But um, on the note of living my best life, and this was such a hard thing because when I was uh, coming near the end of my pregnancy, I was like, "Fucking hell, I need this shit to be over." And obviously, on your phone a lot because I can't go out. And the way I'm distracted, the way I'm going to be distracted, and I feel like I didn't get. I don't know. It's like my pregnant, like my experience with birth wasn't what I imagined because online it's like there's this huge baby shower and then like a huge gender reveal and then all these. I remember people being giving out about like visitors begging to come see the baby and I just like didn't have that. Oh no! Stop! You're gonna make me start crying now. Like. I had to, like, ask my friends if they wanted to see my baby. Yeah, I know. I was so fucking pissed off about it, like... Like, none of my friends were like, I can't wait to see her. Except for Ashling, who's in fucking New Zealand now. And I can't... Like, and you, obviously, but, like, you're my... You're, like, an extra limb to me now. Yeah. But I... None of my... And loads of friends were like, oh, I'd love to come see her this time. And then wouldn't show up. And it's so lonely after... Like when your partner goes back to work after paternity leave and you're left on your own and if you're breastfeeding, oh my God, because I can't even leave her with someone or like actually have help because I'm the only one feeding her. And then even Jason was able to like do all these things and have this freedom that I haven't even had still. Like I've never spent a night away from her. And it's something that he can never understand or empathize with. And I moved back to Ireland so that I could get help from my family. And like, yeah, it's great when Sears is able to come over, but the baby is just crying. Like she cries when she's not with me. 
And it's so, it's like she cries when she's with Jason now. So it's like I can't even have 10 minutes on my own. And even though it's like I love her, I fucking I'm obsessed with her and I love being a parent. It's so lonely because I have no, I don't even have a friend who I can talk to about it mm-hmm. because like no one has my parents had babies fucking years ago mm. and they didn't breastfeed either so it's like I can't and everyone's like you just have to give it up you know give up the breastfeeding but there's such an emotional attachment with it with feeding your child it's like I don't know how I could ever give this up because you feel like you're actually taking physically taking away their food source even though that doesn't make sense because they are going to get fed from formula like it's not that big of a deal but that's how your brain what your brain goes to and it's, it's a connection of mother and the, mothering. Yeah, though, the like. connect the connection, the bond that you have. But it's been so lonely ever since I gave birth that it's like a new like p- paramount amount of lo- loneliness that I've never experienced before. And that's why I'm so fucking pissed off about how mothers are treated. Now, my maternity care was brilliant in the Rotunda. Like when you're pregnant, you get it's like they're fucking rolling the red carpet out. It's brilliant. But then after the baby comes, there's no like support groups that they're setting you up with you have to go find it you know yourself mm. it's not like a mandatory thing you know the way you're getting checked up from your doctor like after the six weeks no one's checking up on you after that when physically you don't actually heal after birth for two years so I don't know why there's not more appo- appointments afterwards um and even like mandatory groups that you have to go to and then paternity leave is only fucking two weeks even though they tell you that it's medically you're supposed to take six weeks off. None of it is like congruent with each other. It's constantly contradicting itself on how they treat mothers. And then you're sta- like, I'm at home looking after her all day and working at the same time. And it's just like, I'm, ta- I'm talking to myself. Mm. And then I'm seeing all my friends going out. And if it's sunny, everyone's like popping into town for a drink and I can't just like, you know, it takes like two weeks of prep- preparation for me if I want to go out for an hour. But that's why I'm like, it's just like shame on anyone or any anyone who thinks it's okay to, number one, distance from a friend, but especially a friend who's just about to have a life-changing experience. Mm. Like, if you can't relate to it, suck it up. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I obviously can't relate to having a baby, mm. but I'm still going to suck it up and try to do everything I can to help accommodate you and the baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... I don't know anything about parenting. <laughs> nothing. I know nothing about yeah. parenting. And I'm still trying my best. I will try my best. I'll take her when I, when you, when a, a, any chance I get, I'll be like, can I hold her? Can I do something? Because I can see that you're struggling. And the thing is, it's like shame on anyone who hasn't checked in on you or texted you. I just don't understand it. It's like the fact that like someone in your life is about to have a life changing experience. They're bringing a human into this world and like you don't want any part of it. Mm. Why? Why not? And it's like, I'm not talking about anyone in particular because like, I'm just talking about in general, like you are and were such a social butterfly as much as you think you weren't and as much as you struggle with conversation, you are a social butterfly. Mm. You light up a room when you when you walk in. Everyone can acknowledge you. Like you you can't miss you. Like, Mm. you know what I mean? And that's like when I first met you as well, like it was the same thing. It's like you light up any room that you're in. And it just like, it breaks my heart to see that you have lost that confidence and that whole like social connection but like I'm not fucking surprised because if people aren't reaching out to you and trying to stay connecting with you after you had a child it's like that whole thing of you know 
why do I bother then? Mm. Why will I bother? And it actually breaks my heart because I am a social butterfly. Yeah. And there's been so many times that I've been like, I fucking wish Keelan was here. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many times I've said that. How many times that I've texted you being like, come. And like, it's so hard because you can't actually just come. Mm. Like, you can't just come. But, you know, people who, you know, haven't even come and seen the baby yet. Yeah. How many months now? fucking hell she's nearly one get your shit together like do you know what i mean it's like it, it is it's really really and you know obviously instagram shows the best parts of our lives and as i said with says with you like you look like you're having an absolute breeze in a ball mm. and of course people are gonna look at that and be like oh yeah she's fine but you shouldn't have to be posting on social media for your friends to reach out to you yeah do you know that's mm. what's annoying i think as well with me is because i post so much online people are like i know what's going on in her life mm. when like obviously i don't post everything that goes on it's literally the highlight reel i'm not gonna be going up being like had a horrible day today except for the banana chocolate man obviously yeah um but like most of the time i'm not i'm only posting on there for work so i can't be going on <laughs> like imagine brands looking at my story and i'm like i'm having a mental breakdown I'm, I'm at the edge, you know, yeah. I'm on the brink. Um, like, so that's why I think when people meet up with me, they think that they know what, what's going on yeah. in my life. When obviously that's literally a small, small fraction of what's going on. And they don't know that like that. We, we talked about this at the live show as well. And it's like connection, like reaching out to your friends is so important like so important reaching out to anyone mm. is so important like i reached out to people when i was in london being like hey like want to meet up like saw some of them didn't see others but it's like making that step and like reaching out like if you do struggle with connection with people and if you do struggle with keeping in touch with someone just think about it more and more because like a text a text that you could send to someone could fucking make someone's day mm. you know what i mean and it's like yeah, I just think that we are, you know, so connected through Instagram. We're all viewing each other's story all the time. Why is it so hard for you to just not send a text? Like, why can't you just send a text? Yeah, Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why, like, I know, obviously, like, I, I, I'm saying this now and I probably have a million unopened messages. I will obviously always reply. But, like, it's like you just don't know what a message could do for someone. You don't know what a meetup could do for someone. Yeah. In London, when I was, like, texting people and I was like, hey, like, would love to see people. And, like, I saw some people and, like, I again, I was never, like, officially on my own unless I made myself be on my own. Yeah. But it's like not replying oh sorry not replying or not texting someone or like not reaching out to someone mm. um like just that one simple thing could make someone's day mm. that could really help them and it's like it's not that hard and we're all posting instagrams every fucking second of the day we're all commenting on each other's posts why can't you just send a text mm. and like again if i said like if you struggle with that stuff like trust me like it's not that hard like it isn't I have taken the pressure off myself though because I had a real thing where I was like I need to reply immediately mm. and that makes me really anxious I don't think we should be so available to each other mm. like we don't need to be texting straight away I because I when I made mom friends through the internet because I know what it's like to you know when you open a message and you're like the baby's crying have to pick her up I'll reply to this in a while like I have a mom friend and we reply to each other like three days after and we send each other par big paragraphs and that's like the perfect amount because it's there's no pressure and we know that yeah. we're going to get back um but that's like a good that's like a good mutual understanding that we have so i do agree with the um sending a message and replying but you don't need to be doing it like exactly. absolutely straight away yeah yeah i think as well it's more of a maturity thing in general like i don't think i don't think you'd need to have a kid to like not reply because like i do it as well mm. like it's like 
knowing that there's like this mutual understanding between each other that like I'm not not replying because I don't like you or I don't want to talk to you it's just like I'm busy right now yeah and like I feel like maybe when I was younger I would take offense to it so much more Mm. um and like obviously we all struggle with some sort of anxiety and like again with me like it's like if someone uh say for example you know like if someone scenes us we're like oh we got the scene (laughs) and like the scene is like such a big deal but then when they te- then they text you like later on that day and you're like never mind they replied <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's such like you take offense to it so much more but what I was just saying like in general um reaching out to people when you're struggling is obviously hard and for me for example um luckily there was such a lovely group of people in London and like a lot of my really really best friends that mm-hmm. like I love to bits so like I wasn't really talking about London in general but like it is a scary thing to reach out to people and to say like hey like want to meet up so I'm in in some way not defending your situation on the other side I'm not defending people who haven't texted you because I don't think it's I don't think it's fair mm. that you like nearly were abandoned like pregnant yeah <laughs> like I don't think that's fair I'm not gonna say that yeah but I'm saying that it does take a lot for people to to reach out to someone and be mm. like hey like want to meet up or whatever but if you are listening to this and it does and it, it does give you anxiety mm. just step out of the comfort zone and step out of the box just once and like you might have the best time of your life mm. you know it's hard it is hard but it was probably hard because when I was pregnant and after I gave birth I wasn't drinking and Irish culture is so heavily revolved around going out partying drinking and I love I loved the partying I was oh, a big party girl you love a drink I was a, love a drink um so I was I was obviously people that maybe that's what people were used to so they were like I don't know how to maybe socialize now without the the drink aspect if they don't have friends who have kids already or they think it's going to be like awkward or they won't know what to do around me Mm. I don't know but like we also party together loads and you were able to adjust your lifestyle for me yeah you know know, I think as well I don't know I I've always kind of thought about it like maybe um you maybe intimidate people because like your life is so well put together in a sense that people would look and be like oh my god like she's uh, my age and she ha- she's engaged and has a kid and then people would be like what am I doing with my life oh no do you know no, not because to me I'm like back living at home and my parents don't know what I'm doing yeah. yeah but like you know when you okay it's like you know in the movies right mm. and the best friend gets engaged yeah and yeah. the friend's like oh that's great and they're yeah. like pissed off about it yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like analyzing it and maybe it's that maybe mm. it's that kind of thing because like of course you're happy for them but like there's that like slight feeling of disappointment because they're like oh like she's evolving in life and I'm not yeah that could be a thing I'm you know just kind of I'm I'm spitballing here (laughs) I'm spitballing but yeah the whole loneliness thing um I'll just read out oh yeah how people help with the loneliness yeah it's more people are more kind of saying um oh here this is this is cool texting for some people it can substitute company but doesn't work for me i need to see people yeah, in real neither. life yeah it doesn't work for me either it works for me oh does it yeah. it works texting works for me no yeah i texting doesn't scratch that itch for me now facetime does facetime does but i can't know if like she's asleep or if i'm like, like holding her I, it's hard for me to facetime but like ellie will always she'll call me persistently until i answer so that's good uh, a FaceTime works also a new thing I've do I've been doing downstairs in the kitchen listening to the radio it's very old school oh. Ryan would love it 
out because people were texting being like listening to podcasts helps and I you know my uh, my headphones broke so now if I go on a fucking walk I'm literally dopamine fasting out of my head but like accidentally and it's it's actually really frustrating now because she'll be asleep in the buggy or like in the carrier and I'm walking around like a fucking idiot listening to the birds and I'm so bored you know what you should do? You should buy a new pair of headphones. I should. You you love your I, Amazon. It'll be here in two days, like fuck's sake. It'll be here in ten minutes. Um, uh, Sorted. No, but yeah, I uh, have had have the radio on now because my stepmom puts it on in the morning when she's having her breakfast with my sister, and then I just keep it on after Ryan Tuberty on at all. Sorry, um, I love Ryan Tuberty. Are you joking? Ryan Tuberty, he's so. Um, there's something so like vanilla about him. I love him. He's so. PC and normal like this morning he was just like oh yeah I wouldn't know anything he was talking about a band he was like I wouldn't know anything about that now me though oh the Paul I love my Paul McCartney and I'm just like you're so like normal or something like I don't know if he's ever suffered with anything you know (laughs) (laughs) he's never suffered I uh I bumped into Ryan Tuberty and um in black rock before and i like yelped because like i actually physically bumped into him like i didn't actually like i didn't just see him from this i bumped into him with a bottle of fizzy water and went oh and like he was like hey how you going how you going on i see him all the time my dream would be i've been to a ryan toberty show before um because my friend shauna got invited to him by him himself because she used to do his uh kids makeup okay and this is when we worked on makeup counters and uh, she used to do the kids makeup and anyway he came in being like oh can I buy a voucher and also like do you want to come to the show because you, you're really nice to her and stuff yeah. so I went to the show with her but like my goal is like Ryan inviting me himself <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Not, not just the plus one. I'd fucking know. Like, I would. Ryan, if you're listening. I would love that. Sorry. Such good fun. Such good fun. Um, because there's an idea in my head that I need the perfect best friend. Yes. This, I think, when teenagers especially are where, like, everyone's supposed to be so perfect, except you don't hold yourself to that same standard. It's like you can be a bitch, but no one else can. I know I struggled with that with, as a teenager because I was like, oh, they're cunts. But then I was like, wait, I'm a cunt, you know? Yeah. And w- as you mature, you're like, everyone's flawed. So I am able to tolerate a lot more now, I think. And I'm just like, oh, that's well, that's what they're like. And I love them for it. Like, mm. I do think that I can. But when you are, I also, another thing when you get to this age, though, is like, there's a certain criteria that you're looking for in a friend. And it's much harder because people are busier they're not in your area, it's harder to find people or even to just meet people in general. Mm. I think having the confidence though that that love is there is like the main thing. Mm. Do you know, like if a friend moves away, like say for example, Ashling, like you will never fear that you're not going to be her friend anymore. No, never, no, never. And like, I feel like in, with me, like I fear that every single day of like losing my friends it's like again it's like I fear every single day of losing like Ryan like losing my relationship and it's not because there's like there's anything wrong it's Mm -hmm. not because you know we're on the rocks it's just because I value it so much that I'm like so scared that I'm gonna lose it and it's like that with my friends too okay so uh, the more it's actually kind of creepy and weird like the more the better it is with my friends the the more scared I get the more intrusive they get the more so it's like when things are at such a high it's like something will pop into my head and be like oh my god well this isn't gonna last because this that and the other you know like it's 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 a hard thing to deal with as well because like every time something is good 
I'm like waiting for the next bad thing. And I know like you don't have to struggle with mental illness to to feel that way. Mm. But it's like because the the intrusive thoughts are so um is the word persistent. Yeah. They were uh, they're so persistent that like anytime something's good in a in a friendship, um having a great day with my best friend. You know, I'm like, this isn't... Like, you guys going home. Mm. Like, I'm with you guys in London having a great time having lunch and stuff. And then I'm in the... It's, like, daunting on the back of my head being like, they're going to leave soon. Mm. And this is the last time you're ever going to do this with them. Because oh you're not going to see them again. It's, like, all this crazy shit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, So I think, like, this idea of having the perfect best friend is... Um, I I relate to it. Mm. I relate to it. If you're the perfect best friend or you're expecting it of someone yeah. else, I do relate to it. Um, and also, like, movies and stuff don't help. Yeah, the, mov- the movies. Movies and Instagram. No, and the Instagram. And I do, because I, obviously, I follow the influencers and I see them, and but none of them really have children. And the ones that do have children are so, like, nuclear family or they're like living on a commune with loads of people it's like two extremes but I find myself relating more to the influencers that are my age but none of them have children so then I'm like I feel like I should be doing this and go visiting my friends in all these different countries but I obviously physically cannot do that yeah of course so then I just feel more separated from my people you know that's my tribe yeah because yeah, you isolate then because i isolate but also that's my are supposed to be like my work friends because i physically don't go in anywhere to work so they're like my online friends and everything is just so online oh it's just exhaust it's fucking exhausting it's Amy. like a, a rat race i'm loving this um rat race i love rat race you've said it so <laughs> many times in the past few podcasts oh, you said like, it on stage oh, as well like- you said rat race and i was like i'm obsessed i can't wait to use this yeah, and then yeah, yeah. finally i just used it there <laughs> rat race vent with friends reminds me remi- reminds me pain and loneliness is universal and people can get through yeah Absolutely. Um, Talking out loud is completely and utterly the Mm. key to, and I said, I've said it a million times, even if it's out loud to yourself, talking out loud is so important. Um, Tell myself I'm good enough and tell the baby he needs another hug from mama. Mama. I don't get it. That's what helps her. It's obviously a mom. Oh, tell her. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell her baby. Yeah, yeah. I wish she said my baby. <laughs> <laughs> tell the baby. Like, is it her boyfriend? <laughs> you need another hug from mama? <laughs> um, I think when I see others in love or having a nice time with friends, I feel like I don't have that. Silence in the courtroom. Yeah, no, I know what they mean. Even though, like, people probably would look at us going to London being like, oh, I wish I had a bestie to go places with. Yeah, meanwhile, we're like herring around the airport, <laughs> ripping our hair out. Like, <laughs> about to, to get sick. Try, about to get sick, trying to find somewhere to change a nappy. Like, running around <laughs> like like literally blue arsed flies. So, again, it's always the fucking great things that are posted on Instagram. Yeah. It's a load of bollocks. Like, I was saying to... Um, I was saying to Ryan, I was saying this to you earlier as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, you know, obviously when you first meet someone, it's like, oh my God, they're this amazing mystical creature. And I was like, no, I'm actually just a girl riddled with anxiety. And I love a good laugh, but like I'm riddled with anxiety and I have a mental illness. So <laughs> like what you see is not what you get. <laughs> like I might look this like, m- like fun, lo- like I am fun loving. Yeah, yeah. But like I might look like I'm this like cool, cool, laid back. cool, confident, like sorry with my sunglasses and my leather pants on and your picture. 
pictures. This whole girl when like no, I'm actually riddled with anxiety and Instagram is literally a load of shite. Scared of being dependent on others, so I spend a lot of time alone even though I hurt my friends. Oh. I get it. I'm a very social person, so when I'm not around people for a while, I feel very lonely very quickly. Oh, I am a very social person. Yeah, same, obviously. Same. Doing nice things with babe with the baby on my own to give my partner a break and couples everywhere. Well, to be honest, you need a break. <laughs> you should I be doing the opposite. Bre- I need a fucking break. Yeah, you need the I opposite. Need a fucking break. You need a fucking break. Um I struggle with feeling that people want me around slash my company is horrible, so I tend to... Oh, I always feel... Yeah, when I... <clears throat> after having the baby and all, like, all, like... Actually, the last... When the... You know the period where I got doxxed and I had to move back to my dad's? Mm. I was so anxious and depressed. Mm-hmm. I felt like every time I met up with either you or anyone else, I was like, I'm ruining their day. Because all I could do was complain. I was so negative. Well, obviously, because I was... Like, I was... I think I was traumatized from that whole thing of giving up Missy Moo. And having to move back home. So I was like, I didn't know how to cope with it or handle it. So I was so negative, complaining. It was horrible. I actually feel sorry for Saoirse. <laughs> Songs for four dad. Because I had, her, I had her here three days a week and now obviously I don't have her anymore. But I feel like that having her there for those three days a week wasn't to help me with the baby. I think it was actually to help me. To help you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, I, co- I actually don't think I'd be able to cope if I had those time... It's completely on my own with the baby. But now, like, we have a fucking laugh. I'm playing music and, like, singing to her and chasing her around and that little thing. Yeah, that's a good crack. Yeah. But, like, honestly, what you went through with every... Like, sorry, I actually... Who was I talking to recently? I was like, I don't know how Keelan actually hasn't shaved her head and went full Britney mode. Like, I actually don't <laughs> understand it. But it's like... um, And it's, you know, it's this, the most annoying thing as well. Like, people try and rip you down. Whether it's like posting on your fucking Instagram comments and saying yeah. horrible things, which like in reality, it's just like I don't understand why anyone would go through the the effort to comment on some random person's Instagram and say something negative. Yeah. Um. And unfortunately, like that's your job. You can't just put your phone down and yeah, ignore yeah. it. But you're also like a human being. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that like all the stress and all the shit that you've gone through, I don't know how the fuck you have still like I would be on the moon by now. <laughs> no, like I would be on the moon. So you yeah. really need to give yourself a fucking pat on the back because all the shit that you went through, like having to give up Missy Moo, having to move back home. And like, I don't care if, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, well, at least you have a home to go to. It's like, no, like th- that was a lot of trauma all in what? And I also, don't, I also don't want to be here, you know. Yeah. Like, I literally, I, I'd like a home for my family to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, and also fearing your safety, walking yeah. around. You know, that's a lot of fucking shit to deal with. And, and that's added to it as well. And how I, I, I genuinely can't trust people. Because the things that I saw and the comments and the hate that I get is so... And when, sorry, when my baby was first born and I was getting trolled and people were commenting my baby's full name. Like her middle name included that. I don't even think you knew her middle name at that phase. I have really, really, I have really, really hard time trusting people because that would have came from someone that knows me personally, who was telling people that are genuinely preying on my downfall. And I, I, I don't see that in a way where I, I genuinely don't ever have ever thought that I was famous or that I am famous. But it's like, I don't know what I have done to deserve this happening to me. So every single time something hateful happens, it that must be something 
to do with me rather than like having a big uh like a, fo- a follower base because I don't see this happening to anyone else that I know who has a following that's why I'm confused because I, do- I don't know what I'm doing wrong I that's- think it's because you're the most relatable but I don't like what does what is my baby doing that she deserves like her privacy to be invaded. Yeah. And it's like multiple accounts that are doing it. It's actually like it's actually every single day. Like it's I don't know I don't know what the fuck to do because it's it's actually constant. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the same person over and over again, but it's every single day I open my messages or if I look at my notifications there's one at least one thing that's horrible about me or something about my baby and it like that's the shit that's not even on that website it that's actually on my profile like that people are posting so I don't I genuinely and I not I don't feel like I'm that controversial or I've toned myself back and I'm not sharing like I had to quit basically stop posting on YouTube because I'm too scared to talk about my life publicly anymore because people are just like giving out to you yeah critiquing every single fucking thing I do I could literally like the fucking girl who texted me about the tonsillitis. Yeah, like, sorry, can tons- we just, can we just? No, like, I'm actually dead. So, like, basically, in one of the podcasts, in one of the podcasts, we were talking about t- tonsillectomy or something. Tonsillitis. Tonsillitis. And I was talking about, like, because, like, I used to get reoccurring tonsillitis, like, all the time. I'd go to hospital. Now, for someone who I literally had tonsillitis <laughs> reoccurring, I didn't even know it was a chronic illness, all right? <laughs> so Keelan gets trolled, being like, stop acting like you know everything. Tonsillitis is a, is a chronic illness. Ugh. And it goes, it, it's, no, they were like, it's fucking horrific how you act like you're a doctor. And I was like, just because I said tonsillitis wasn't a chronic illness. Like, I, like when I think of chronic illness, I think of like, bad stuff like really yeah. really bad even though tonsillitis was really bad yeah. but like you know what I mean it's like and like we're li- like you're literally just a normal girl do it you're just I'm normal- having a chat with my bestie yeah. no one's coming on here being like I'm gonna get medical advice from the same but different podcast yeah no one is coming on here thinking that apparently apparently you give good vagina advice though apparently one of your YouTube videos um, Charlotte was saying that it's really it's really brilliant oh great no I know I do my research for the vo- vag- of vaginas yeah so, no so don't fucking come at me for that because I do I'm very very defensive about my vaginas yeah it's just it's just big sigh for you know what it's it's so and you know what all the people that are like trolling you as well probably are the same people who are like you know sharing mental health posts and be kind be kind having their bio like um like love everyone equally all this shite when like they're probably the same people who are trolling you but it's it's scarier as well because they're anonymous i can leave my house and if i see someone look at me the wrong way i will immediately think there's someone who's trolling me on the internet it was the same thing like when i was doing only fans and a, a you know when the car slows down and it's a man staring at you because you have like a short skirt on yeah. I would think every single time a man slowed down in a car that he was subscribed to my OnlyFans. And now every time I see someone who's like of my demographic, who's my age and looks at me the wrong way, I think they're they're one of the trolls on the internet. So it's like, I can't even feel safe when I leave my home. And that's not because I'm like, I'm so famous. People are looking at me everywhere. It's because I'm so paranoid after what happened with my address. Like someone standing outside my apartment taking a photo of it obviously it's going to be difficult for me and my some people posting my name my baby's full name on tiktok comments like and it's multiple people all the time and it's just i don't know what i'm doing to deserve 
that and the thing level- is as well you don't it's not that you don't uh, like you said this and you explained it really well the other day it, you don't care about people fucking knowing your name it's yeah. about like you just don't want it on the internet yeah what like why why do these people have to go that extra extra extent yeah. and they're like you're an idiot we know what the name is and it's like I don't fucking care if you know what it is stop I posting it online you. like I probably you, you know what I mean I probably told you myself like, yeah. like people will walk by and be like oh she's so cute like what's her name and Keelan will say it but it's like th- like that like you know what i mean it's like you don't care about people knowing the name you just don't want it on the internet like why can't people just respect that yeah yeah no it's really fucked you're up. all fucking saddos i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> see you see you, see you. but it, yeah no it's incredibly lonely because i also again i don't know anyone i can't talk to anyone about that because i don't know one person who has gone through that same thing unless i fucking text Kim Kardashian. Kardashian. Hey, Kim. How do you deal with it? How do you deal with it? But it's like, uh, that's why I'm so scared of being in Ireland now because I'm like, these are all Irish people who are like out to get me. So I don't, you know, it's just like, what the fuck is your problem? I'm literally not doing anything to you directly. Fuck off. Do you know what they should just do? Like, right, listen to this. So you know the way like, um, like you'll block someone if you don't want to see their stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just click the mute button. Mm. It's so much easier. Or just don't follow you. No, but people... No, the people who text me are making fake accounts especially to text me because I've obviously blocked their original account. Right. So it's like extremes that people are going to. But it's getting getting worse and worse and worse to the point where they're making up things to be offended over because I'm obviously retreating and showing less and less of my actual life online. And it's more just like what I'm wearing or what I'm eating and where we went on holidays. But I'm not talking about like my living experience or like what's going on in my day to day. So now they're picking at random shit like, oh, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Is that a, you know, just like, ra- is, that a, is that an egg I see? <laughs> yeah. I thought you were vegan. Or it's like, oh my God, your sister's holding your baby. Hold your own baby. And it's like, <laughs> what? It's literally like, what? And you know what? It's so unfair as well. And it's so sad. And it's so, because it's just like, wow, people really, really can't just like give it a break. Like mm. they really just can't take a day off. No. It's like there's constant bullying going mm. on. And I don't care um, if these people are like, oh, you know, like these people are probably the ones going around saying that they, they're being bullied. Yeah. And they're the ones that are bullying people. That is fucking bullying. And we all know that bullying can lead to extreme things. So mm. it's just like, just take a day off. Focus it on something else. You know what? Focus it on something else. Pick up a book. <laughs> Go for a walk. Go for a walk. You should listen to our last recent podcast about um, how to feel good. Maybe just <laughs> listen to that and maybe go for a walk or something. This is me. That Leave Brittany alone. alone. Oh, Jesus. It's really bad. Well, yeah. you know what? I think I need to go for a piss. Well, so will we end it there? Yeah, let's end it here. Let's now. end it there. Okay, bye. Love bye. you. Bye. Stunning. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.